Genesis 2 and 7, I will start there and then I'll be reading from Acts chapter 2. Genesis 2 verse number 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God formed man. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, this thing went to the wrong verse. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse number One, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Verse number two, it filled the house where they were sitting. Verse number four, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. For the next little bit, I'm just going to speak on this subject. Formed to be filled. Formed. To be filled. You may be seated. Man is unique. And when I say man, I am not just speaking of the male gender. And yes, I do believe that there are only two genders male and female. Man, I would have said that a whole lot earlier if I knew it was going to get that. Well, praise the Lord. There's two genders. (laughs) But when I say man, I'm referring to mankind. Even Webster's Dictionary, their definition of man is humankind. And then it specifies that it can also be related to the male gender. But man in itself, all of mankind, human nature is unique. The book of Genesis begins with these words. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said. God said, let there be light, and there was light. He looked at it and said, that's good. I mean, just, he stood back, man, that's good stuff. For five days, he said, let there be, and there was. Let there be firmament, and it was good. With the power of his word, the darkness was separated from light. Waters were separated from the dry land. With his voice, the earth brought forth grass, the fruit tree that housed within it, the very seed to produce more life was formed simply by his word. 
God created whales and every living creature that moveth with which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind and it was all good. Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind and the Bible says it was so. But when it came to man, when it came to you, when it came to me, when it came to our ancestors, when it came to the first of us, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Last week we learned that One definition of formed is he fashioned us as by cutting away with a stick to be used for an arrow. But our text this morning, it paints a little clearer picture for us of the creation of man. It it gives us a better picture of the cutting away of the pieces. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. The Lord God formed man. One translation says that The word modeled, the Lord God modeled man from the dust of the ground. And I began to look and I began to study. And according to the Hebrew lexicon, the the most accurate definition of that is actually this. God squeezed man into shape. The Lord God squeezed man into shape from the dust of the earth. He touched man. He spoke everything else into existence, but with us, he touched. Everything else, he stepped back and said, let there be. And then he said, it was good. But with mankind, he said, I am going to touch them. I am going to make them in my image. I'm going to touch them. And ever since that moment, man has been searching for that touch in every single way that they can. Because the power of touch is profound. Touch is the first language that we learn as a child. It is the first sense we begin to develop even as babies. Children who have not had ample physical and emotional attention are at higher risk for behavioral and emotional and social problems as they grow up. And Bigelow, a professor and researcher of developmental psychology at St. Francis Xavier University, that's a mouthful, says this when asked about the importance of physical contact with your child. It's particularly important in the newborn period, speaking of touch. It, it helps calm babies. They cry less. It helps them sleep better. There are some studies that show their brain development is actually facilitated. It's probably because they are calmer and sleep better. 
An affectionate touch can release oxytocin. It helps nurture feelings of trust and connection. It reduces cortisol levels or the stress hormones. Touch has also been found to reduce depression. And it was His touch that formed us. It was His touch that squeezed us into shape. It was His touch that made us what we are. It was His touch that He reached down into the dust of the earth. It was His touch, the God of all creation, the God of all that we know, the God of everything, reached down and began to squeeze us into shape. But it wasn't enough for us to just be touched. It wasn't enough for us to simply be formed. Even with us being in shape. Even with us being touched. Even with us being in the place that he had touched us and made us in his image. It wasn't enough. He looked at us and said, my touch is not enough. They must be filled. He breathed into us the breath of life. And we became a living soul. This morning is... It's not enough for you to have a touch on a Sunday morning. You've got to have a touch, but you've also got to have him breathing into your life. You've got to have him breathing on your life. You've got to have him feeling each and every part of your life. I don't want to touch. I need you to feel me, God. He breathed into us the breath of life and we became a living soul. With his touch, he removed a rib from Adam and and he made Eve. But it wasn't merely the touch. It was the access that Adam and Eve had to his spirit. They walked. There was nothing hindering them because there was no sin yet. They had access. They walked full of his spirit. They walked full of in just knowing that he was going to show up in the cool of the day. There was nothing hindering them. There was nothing standing between them and the voice of God. They were full of his love. They were full of his presence. There was nothing that separated them from God. And then sin entered into the picture. And suddenly we have went from a place to where we had full access to a place where mankind has been looking and longing for something to fill the emptiness on the inside of our soul. Ever since then, we've looked for something that will fill. We've looked for it everywhere. We've longed for something to fill the emptiness. They walked with him. They had access Blaise Pascal, the 16th century French mathematician, physicist, inventor, philosopher, writer, and Catholic theologian. I don't know how he had time to do anything else. But he said this. What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness of which all that now remains is an empty print and trace. This he tries in vain to feel with everything around him seeking in things that are not there to help. He cannot find in those that are though none can help since this is in an infinite abyss that can be filled only with an infinite and immutable objects in other words he says by God himself they were walking around they were formed but they were empty 
beneath the surface of it all, there is a craving for something more. Even if you have never experienced the presence of God, there's still something on the inside of every human man, of every human being that says, there's got to be something more. We try to fill it with education, saying there's got to be something more. We try to fill it with money. There's got to be something more. They try to fill it with illicit sex. There's got to be something more. They try to fill it with everything imaginable, but nothing they do will ever fill the vast emptiness of their soul because the only thing that will satisfy the hunger in their soul is Jesus Christ. The only thing that will satisfy the emptiness on the inside is Jesus Christ breathing on them. Still today, an emptiness longs to be filled. It's on our pews. Don't act like it's only out there. It's in here. It's inside of our four walls. There's still a longing on the inside of us. There will be a longing until we hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful. There's something still on the inside of me that says, I've got an emptiness. And until I see him like he is, and I'm made like him, there's something until I'm truly with him. I'm hungry and I'm longing. I need more of you, God. And so I say, breathe on me, God. Breathe on me. It doesn't matter how long or how short you've been in it. You need to be filled. For 1,500 years, only a certain few were privileged to encounter him. But even at that, it was a level of separation. Throughout the year, the high priest was bedecked in glorious attire while performing all of his duties. The high priest's vestments, they featured gold and array of precious stones and all of the finest materials. When entering the Holy of Holies, however, all of the things that were outside glory were stripped away. And they walked in in white linen. They didn't have any bells. They didn't have any pomegranates. There was nothing but the sacrifice that could be brought to the altar. And once a year, one man was given access to the presence of God. He was formed. And he stripped off all of the outward glory that was supposed to show this is the glory and this is what it all stands for and this is the presence of God. And he stripped all of that away and he just said, I'm just going to stand in your presence because it's your presence that gets all of the glory. But even at that, there was a veil between the two. He was still formed. But he would have to wait 364 days. He would have to walk empty. He would.
would have to walk empty on the inside knowing I've got 364 days before I'm able to even feel that same presence again. Oh, I can live upright. I can live righteous. But I've still got 364 days before I feel what each and every one of you can feel each and every day. Oh, but then an angel appeared to Mary. And said, Hail, thou art highly favored. Blessed are thou among women. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And you will conceive and bring forth a son. And call his name Jesus. For three and a half years, he walked this earth touching people. His touch of people drew crowds. There's a message right there, but I'll just keep going. His touch was noised abroad. They would hear that Jesus was coming. And they would line the streets. They would leave their homes because, oh, if Jesus will touch me. He would walk by and he would touch disciples Men that they were not disciples yet, but he would walk by and he would touch them and they would leave their occupations, they would leave their families because he touched them. For three and a half years, he touched them and he spoke into their lives. He changed them forever with a touch. They leave everything behind. And yet... Even after connecting with 12 men that were learning to trust him, learning to abandon everything else, learning his lifestyle, learning what it meant to be hunger and thirsty after righteousness, learning to search after him. Even after all of that, he asked them, will you leave me also? And Peter, oh, you got to love Peter. Who would we go to? You have the keys to eternal life. He felt a touch. But it wasn't very long after that that the one that felt the touch is now saying, I don't know the guy. Don't talk to me. I don't know him. I don't know him. And then the cock crows and he runs out into the darkness. How do you go from, where would we go? You have the keys of eternal life to not even being able to stand up to the questions of a girl child that says, are you not one of them? Because all he had was a touch. You want to know the difference? You want to know the difference in power and just emotion? It's more than a touch. It's being filled. You want to know the difference in a church that's not just emotion, but it's powerful? It's not just a touch. It's filled. It's filled. It's filled. I don't want to be touched. I want to be filled. I want to be able to stand up and say, Thus saith the word of the Lord. I don't want to be touched. I want to be filled with the power of Almighty God. (laughs) 
Everybody nowadays, they've got the shout, they've got the dance, they've got the music. We sing their songs, they sing our songs. But there's a difference. They feel a touch. But oh, somebody somewhere decided I'm not satisfied with a touch. I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to pray until I get filled. I'm not getting up until I get filled. I must be filled. It's when you're filled that you can operate. It's when you're filled that he'll speak to you. It's when you're filled that he'll flow through you. It's when you're filled. I'm not satisfied with a touch. Oh, I love a touch. Don't get me wrong. I love those moments when you get a touch. You just, you know, the right song comes on. Ooh. I told you about the time I was in Sonic and the right song came on and oh God, it's a touch, it touched me at Sonic. No, I mean, why do you think they sang that song? He touched me, oh, oh he touched me, and all oh, the joy that floods my soul, something. Wonderful happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. His touch is powerful, but I'm not satisfied with a touch. I'm not satisfied with just a momentary touch because now we find Jesus in a borrowed tomb and those that have been touched are scattered they were shouting around the altar and then service ended and they're back to doing what they were doing before in fact one guy by the name of Peter I'm pretty sure was naked on a boat Where do I go? You've got the keys of eternal life to where he was at. Because it was a touch. He's in a tomb. We're about to celebrate what happened. Next week, we're about to celebrate on that third day as that stone was rolled away and Jesus Christ came forth victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And suddenly, all of those that had been touched, they begin to hear that Jesus is back. And they're feeling the touch again. And one of them, Thomas, is doing a little touching himself. But then Jesus breaks this news to him, Fellas, I know we just got the band back together. But I'm about to go away again. What? Are you kidding me? You just got here. I know. But see, I've got something. I've got something better than a touch, fellas. I know you love my touch. 
But I've got something so much better that I want to give you. Peter, uh, see, that's why I told the disciples to go tell everybody and Peter. Because Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. I've got something better than a touch for you, Peter. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and tarry at Jerusalem until you what? Until you be endued with power. Until you be filled with power. And for 10 days, I'm sorry, I'm a little excited. See, because I wrote the notes and I know where I'm going. <laughs> Ten days they prayed. Can you imagine that first day? Oh, I've been praying one hour, seven hours, twelve hours, ten hours. Twelve actually comes after ten. I went to school in Louisiana. I'm sorry. I ran out of fingers after ten. Twelve hours, fourteen hours, twenty-four hours. Help me, Lord. Travis, don't tell anybody in Kansas City. I can't count. Two days, three days, four days. What if they would have quit at day number nine? But oh, on that, on that tenth day, on that tenth day, they said, you know what? I'm hungry for something more than a touch. He told me, he told me that there was something more than a touch. He told me that I could have something more than a touch. He told me, he told me, he told me there was more. And then when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a sound from heaven. And it filled the house where they were sitting. See, first it's going to fill the house. And then it's going to fill everybody in the house. Oh, somebody hear me right now. You got to get it to fill the house before it'll feel you. That's why we worship. That's why we praise. That's why we sing. That's why we dance. Because I wanted to feel the house. I wanted to feel the house because it's about to feel me. It's about to feel you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Oh, I'm about to be filled. You know what happens when you get filled? You start acting a little different. You start moving a little different. You start dancing. You start shouting. People start looking and saying, what's wrong? Oh, they're not drunk. They're just full of the new wine. They're just full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on, somebody. These men are not drunk as ye suppose. Seeing it's about the third hour of the day. Oh, no. They're just full. See, you thought, you thought we were crazy when he touched us.
You thought we were crazy? The stories of the lepers that would come and he would tell them, he would tell them, you're cleansed, you're healed, you're whole. Don't tell anybody. And the one that comes back and worships, he says you're made whole. You thought that was crazy. Honey, wait till you see what happens when you get a hold of somebody that's full. When you get a hold of somebody that's full, my shadow is going to pass them and they're going to be healed. Why? Because I'm full. preached it a couple weeks ago, my cup. Brother Pennington, I didn't know you had a saying. Sister Betty, I want you to say that right now. Sister Betty said, have you heard Brother Pennington say that? And I said, no, but I'm about to. Would you say that because I just feel it. Our cup is overflowing. Praise God. I'm drinking from my saucer. See, that's what happens when you get full. You start overflowing, and you say, oh, I'm drinking from the saucer. Why? Because a touch won't overflow, but full will get you to flow. Brother Pennington, I believe that Peter was drinking from the saucer when he walked out. And if you'll allow me, I'll just use my imagination. But I believe there was something on the inside that said, you know what? That little girl, I denied, I cursed, I ran away. There's something different now. And he kicked open the doors. And he heard them. And Peter began to say this. Let me get my glasses. Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these men, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your young men are going to see visions. Your old men are dreaming dreams. And on my servants and handmaidens, I'm going to pour it out on those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, and vapor and smoke. What's the difference? Peter got filled. You want authority in your home? Stop going home with a touch and get filled. You want a power in your home? Stop trying to live off a touch and get filled. Stop flirting with the devil and get filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost doesn't flirt with sin. Get filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm trying. You want to know what's going to change this world? 
getting full. You want to know what's going to change the atmosphere on your job? Getting full. Sister Rachel, I'm just going to use you as an example because I've already said it. You want to know why you changed the atmosphere of that service in TLC as we were sitting behind you? Because you were full. And something about you was so full that you said, I can't sit here anymore. I've got to get up. I'm about to explode. And when you begin to march across the front of that place, everything shifted. Why? Because when you're full, nobody can stop you. When you're full, nobody can hinder you when you're full devils flee I can't be full on my job oh yes you can you need to get there a few minutes early and you need to begin to walk by those people their stations and just say I speak peace don't speak anything bad uh-uh. I speak peace I speak the joy of the Lord I speak the love of God and watch things begin to change why because you're full you're full you're full, and you're just taking control of what's around you. See, because Adam was given authority over everything when he was full. Did you, did you hear that in the scripture? I'm going to give him dominion over the fowls of the air. Over every creeping thing. I'm not saying he's got dominion over the people. But oh, those creeping spirits. Those foul spirits. Speak the name of Jesus. Because what you're full of has all power in heaven and earth. What you're full of has all dominion in heaven and earth. What you're full of owns all of heaven and earth. What you're full of spoke this all into existence. Take authority. It'll never happen with just a touch. But oh, when you're full. Before you walk out of this house this morning, he wants you to be full. I don't mean with the emotion of a song. I don't mean with just the hype of me yelling a lot. I, I, I don't mean that. I mean with the power of the Holy Ghost. With evidence of speaking in tongues. He wants to fill you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. You want to know what you've been missing. Oh, you felt the joy. Was that, was that song, I feel the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me? I'm not going to try to, sound, to sing that one. I'll be even more out of breath. I feel the joy of the Lord delivering me. It's all over me. You've been feeling the joy. Feeling. But oh, when you get full of the joy. 
See, because it's with joy that we draw from the wells of salvation. It's with joy that we reach down. See, it's the touch that causes us to reach a little further down until we get full of the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the touch that lets us know that He loves us enough to forgive us of our sins. It's the touch that lets us know that there is no condemnation in Him. It's His touch that lets us know that He's forgiven us. It's His touch that lets us know I want to fill you with my presence. And I'm getting ready to come to a close. But I felt this in the Holy Ghost and I changed the entire ending of this message last night because I felt this one line. But I'm broken. And everyone knows that something broken can't be filled. Everyone knows that. So no matter how much you tell me he loves me, And no matter how much you tell me he wants to fill me, I know that I'm broken and I can't be filled. I come to an altar. And people pray and I weep and I cry. And I feel his touch. And I walk out. And I face the same devils because I'm broken. I can't be filled. I'm broken. Pour as much as you want in, preacher. And it all pours out before I get out of the parking lot. Travis, I know what it's like to to say, I'll never be used. I'm broken. Oh, but oh, there was something that was so, that was just almost depressing about the touch because I knew I was so broken that I knew that what I was feeling would fade because I was so broken. It was going to flow right out. And it would almost be to the point that I long for him to not even touch me. Because I would rather feel empty than feel the shame of losing the feeling of his touch. Some four or five. Some four or five centuries ago in Japan, there was a lavish technique that emerged for repairing broken ceramics. Artisans began using lacquer 
and gold pigment to put shattered vessels back together. Kintsugi is an art form that, and I hope I said that right, I tried to find the pronunciation and y'all have heard me talk before, so, and the guest, when you come back, I'll probably make some more mistakes on words again. But it's an art form that restores cracked vessels. It restores broken ceramics with gold, leaving the piece even more beautiful than it started out. The idea was not to hide the broken. The idea was not to hide the brokenness or throw the pieces away, but to repair and fill in the places where pieces may be missing. You say, preacher, I'm so broken that I've lost time. This is a piece of art. I searched and searched. I wanted something that you could see the detail of the original artwork. Where it was handcrafted and the pigment and everything that went into the original piece of art. But somewhere it was broken. But like the song says, he didn't throw the clay away. Oh, there was an artist somewhere that said, I, hey, don't throw that away. My touch. My touch. Can shape it back again. The problem is, they said, that I begin to read and I begin to study. That they would have to take every piece and they would have to work with the broken pieces. And they would have to find where they fit. Because they all had to be placed together in one setting. They would have to mix the resin that came from a tree, a plant. They would have to mix the resin, the glue together into a clay and they would have to set each piece. And once it was put in place, it could not be moved. It takes a master craftsman to repair a broken vessel. <laughs> it almost reminds me of a master craftsman that squeezed man into shape as they come to the music the mending is so difficult because the lacquer cannot be removed once it's dried the pieces must stay in place the artist can touch 
and they can gently massage them into place until the shape has returned. But once the resin has dried enough, the artist has to leave the vessel alone. But the artist doesn't just place the vessel anywhere, Sister Trish. He places it somewhere safe so that no one else can break what he is repairing. You wonder why you're here this morning. Oh, I'm so broken. It's okay. He's going to put you in a place that no one else can break you while he's putting everything back in place. And once everything is cured, once everything is in place, once everything has dried and is hardened and is safe to be touched and handled again, the master craftsman will take And will begin to gently smooth away the pieces of the resin that do not belong. Kind of reminds me of God created man and removed the pieces until we were in the shape of an arrow that could be used. I found this quote by a master craftsman that he began to explain after he had sanded after everything was in place the person doing the interview asked him gold is so expensive why would you use gold he said some people are under the misconception that the entire process is gold and he said, there are those that they ask for it to be mended with silver for aesthetic purposes. They want it to match. But gold has long been preferred because gold does not tarnish. And gold is food safe. The vessel is safe for use again. See, silver will tarnish, but oh, gold, nah, no. Gold, it's safe. The master craftsman said, once all of the pieces are in place, I will take the brush and I will take gold that has been ground to powder and I will mix it into a paint and I will paint each crack by hand.
just the broken vessel. So that it can be filled again. This morning, if you're broken, oh, let him touch you so that you can be filled again. Jeremiah said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God is saying, I formed you. I can repair you. Before you were ever broken, I knew the purpose for you. Let me shape you. Let me repair you. Can we stand? Before he formed you, he knew you. You are here this morning because he wants to fill you. And if you're broken, if you have been hurt, if you have been hurt, if you've been a, if you've been hurt in the church, and you're broken. said, I'm going to put you in a safe place. I don't know how else to say it, but Bethel is a safe place. He's put you here because it's a hospital for broken people. he wants to put you back together again. And then he wants to take those pieces and he wants to smooth them out and then he wants to take his hand and begin to repair. And you see what all of those gold pieces are? Each one of those is a testimony to the goodness and the mercy of God. Each one of those is a testimony of where the devil meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Each one of those is a testimony to where the devil said, I've destroyed you, but God said, I've formed you to fill you. Each one of those is a glowing example to the mercy that is made new every day. I'm not here, I'm not here to hide my scars. I'm not here to brag about them, but I'm here to let them be a testimony that I've been broken. But because of that and the mercy of God and someone that loved me and kept me in a safe place and was willing to pray for me, they are now, they are now tried in the fire and they've come forth as gold. They've come forth as gold that can be used again.
And if you have never known this sweet salvation, if you have never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost that Peter spoke of on the day of Pentecost, may I tell you that we are already halfway there. It has filled the room already. And it wants to fill you. I wonder what you would do if you really believed that he was in the room. How would your praise be if, if you really believed he was in the room? How would your worship be if you really believed he was in the room? Can I let you in on a secret? I have learned if I will just respond like I believe he's in the room, he will prove to me that he's in the room. If I will worship, if I will be desperate like he's in the room, he will show up and manifest that he's in the room. He's here to restore the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm have taken from you. He's here to restore the joy of your salvation. You were formed with purpose not to live a broken life. You were formed to be filled. And can I tell you what Peter said to everybody on the day of Pentecost? Repent and be baptized, each and every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall be filled. You shall be filled. <laughs> this morning, everybody, lift your hands. Lift your hands right now. We're going to pray a prayer of repentance together, and then I'm going to open this altar, and I'm asking each and every person that would to come because you can be filled before you leave this house if you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost I'm asking you right now to repent with me you say what's repentance it's real easy you ask him to forgive you of your sins with every intention of going a different way when you leave out of here it's that easy God, I come before you asking that you would forgive me. That you would forgive us. That you would cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God, everything that we have done that is wrong, I'm asking that you would forgive us. That you would wash us and make us white as snow. God, that you would remove every spirit of condemnation that has tried to walk into this house. I feel it trying to raise its ugly head and I take dominion and authority over it in the name of Jesus Christ. I cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. In Him there is no condemnation. God, I ask that You would forgive us of all of our sins. And now I'm asking, if you would, to come to this front. 
And if you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're going to walk out of your field with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No doubt. I don't have any fear saying, I, I don't. You will walk out of your field with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Church, I'm asking you to, to come to the front. Come to the front. Guest, if you feel comfortable, you can come to the front. We're just going to make this place an altar. And we're going to let him know, God, I'm hungry to be filled. I'm hungry to be filled. I'm broken. God, repair the broken places in me. Make all things new. God, repair the broken places. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. God, we love you. We love you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, would you lift your hands?
one more time. Can we just lift our hands and tell him thank you? You make all things new. Jesus will hold you. You make all things new. Oh, we'll hold you.